Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Very few of you are on Twitter. I realize that. That's just statistically true nationwide, and I think it's more true of people who lean toward the kind of content we provide are less likely to want to be on Twitter. I wish you'd follow us on Twitter. I think it's a good way to to get news. You have to be careful, though. I was just wading through the cesspool that is Twitter. Is it still called Twitter, or has it become X? No, it's called Twitter. It's just got a different symbol now. Elon Musk said he wanted to get rid of the birds. Like the birds. <laughs> so now he's got an X, like yeah. it's a porn site or well, something. No, it's tied into his other, you know, uh, X stuff. And Anyway. Well, um, that may be, but it looks to me like it's a porn site. <laughs> regardless, I was waiting to the cesspool because Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, running for president, maybe you've heard of him, uh, in a car wreck today. Not hurt, but in a car wreck. And then just waiting through the comments from the, 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 the riffraff of Twitter, of, of hate and awfulness and then people clapping back against their comments picking out the worst of them holding them up as what the other side means and then everybody jumping on that just maybe some of you enjoy that i don't know, I don't know. 
Why don't you take up the game of golf? <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks, uh, Twitter. You know, speaking of Ron DeSantis, before we get into the fair that we'd planned for this segment, got a couple of interesting emails about our discussions yesterday. Uh, you may recall that uh, Ron was asked about one teeny tiny sentence in the reams of instruction Florida provides kids about slavery and uh, reconstruction and racism and the rest of it. A teeny tiny mention of some slaves picked up some useful skills. And then uh, the vice president, that's right, I meant to ask for that clip to be around today. But anyway, the vice president is making the rounds now claiming that that's like the entire curriculum. That's the point of the curriculum. That's what they teach, which is utterly dishonest. Oh, we do. Go ahead, Michael. Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. So utterly, idiotically dishonest, and then uh, DeSantis responded with some weak, weak sauce. I didn't do it, and I wasn't involved in it, um, but I think, um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed uh, you know, being a blacksmith into, into doing things later, later in life. I would describe that as, here is a bat. Would you like to beat me with it? That response. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is from uh, Maria, who says, I want to say Governor DeSantis' clumsy explanation of the slavery blacksmith line is not what finally crushed his bloom. Oh, her topic is the last petal drops from the rose of DeSantis. <laughs> I had said the bloom was off the rose. Um, <laughs> that's, that's pretty it, good it wasn't as, Yeah, it was, really. It's, it's, this whole note is really good. Uh, it, it wasn't the clumsy explanation. Uh, that's not what finally crushed his bloom. Instead, he lost me for good with his weenie opening. I wasn't involved in it. Of course, he wasn't directly involved. We all know that. But is he governor or not? Is he, execu- is he the executive leader of the state or not? Doesn't a good leader take responsibility for things that happen in a state? Doesn't the buck stop there with a strong leader? Or does the leader shrug and say, duh, don't look at me? My heart sunk when I heard his weak, don't blame me, yeah. I didn't do it response. Yeah. Told me he thinks small. He doesn't think like a president. It made me sad. I didn't do it, and I wasn't involved in it. Yeah, uh, that that was that was weak. I mean, that was an opportunity for him to go full Ron DeSantis of, look, here's another attempt by the woke media to try to paint Florida as a blah blah blah, and then lay out his whole thing the way he can or has done. But he didn't. I, well, I wasn't me. I don't know who did it. And then he repeats the thing that they're that the one line that they're going to use to beat you with, right? <laughs> And puts forward none of the 200 other examples from the same curriculum that blah, blah, blah. So I like the tack you suggested. That was good. Ron from, or I'm sorry, Rick from Wyoming writes, feels though Ron DeSantis missed a perfect opportunity with the slavery question. The answer should have been gone something like this. Although I haven't been briefed on the current curriculum in Florida, I find it offensive that the Democratic Party, the party of slavery, the party of Jim Crow, the party that still holds African Americans in bondage by demanding they vote for them, see Joe Biden's comments from 2020, for instance, that they would take on such an issue without any of the facts. The Democrats continue to this day to advocate for slavery with their actions, especially prevalent with human trafficking and how they stonewall attempts to stop this atrocious act against children, for instance, blah, blah, blah. There are a number... Go on the offense. 
If somebody comes to you with some phony-ass accusation of racism, be ready with the Joe Getty-esque screed about how the Democratic Party for the last 70 years has destroyed the black family. They've created dependence, not opportunity. And, And election after election, they act as if it's obvious that, you well, of course, black people vote for Democrats who are ruining black America. Come on, Ron. You suck. Boo. Well, yeah. I, I don't want to beat up on Ron DeSantis because he seems like a nice guy, and I'll bet if well, he and he's I... he's just s- been in a car wreck. And I'll bet if he and I sat down and talked about stuff, we agree on practically everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is clear once again, as we learn every four years, that running for president is its own unique set of skills. And sometimes people who run for other offices are able to adjust to the difference, and sometimes they aren't. And he seems to be in the latter category. Yeah, that uh, it surprises me anew every time. Yeah. Uh, maybe that makes me a moron. Uh, a good friend of mine who's uh, a, a part of Major League Baseball once, once explained something. Hold your hand up like that with your fingers like spread apart. Uh, he explained that, that rookie- I know this thing. You put your hand up there, and then they mash your hand into your face. No. I've seen that before. No. <laughs> it's like that you got something on your tie, and then you hit him in the chin. No, no, it's very different. So he explained to me that from the uh, the pinky to the ring finger, that's like from rookie ball to uh, class A ball, that distance. Then from uh, single A to double A is the finger to finger. Then double A to triple A is to your index finger. And then that big giant space between your, fing- your index finger and your thumb, that's triple A to the major leagues. It's a big leap. And I think running for governor, running for president is a similar leap. You're one step away from the biggest big time as a governor, but it's a big step. Apparently. Ask, ask uh, Scott Walker. Or Rick Perry, two-time governor of Texas. The great state of Texas. He came off as a dip-ass. Right. Yeah. Or Jeb. Yeah. There's I'm lots sorry, of examples. What was that name? Jeb. Jeb! Was an exclamation Speaking point. of the baseball, did you see the video last week of the guy? He got called up first at bat. His whole family was there because they were so excited. This kid, you know, he's over and he gets called up and he's there. First bat, I think it was the first pitch of his first at bat. Home run. Mom in the stands, I dad in the stands, that. brothers and sisters. It was so cool. It was so awesome. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah. Um, We want to pivot to immigration now? Yeah, yeah, I suppose we could. A, a couple of things coming up. Uh, did you decide, hey, DEI is a great new career path. That's uh, that's the field I'm going to get into, uh, you know, browbeating companies into going woke. Yeah, maybe you ought to reconsider that. Those people are getting laid off in droves. Uh, and also, speaking of governors of Texas, Greg Abbott of Texas uh, instituted these float barriers in the middle of the Rio Grande and progressive America is going crazy over this. There are lawsuits. KJP talked about it. Yeah, and because that can be construed as mean, that makes the news. Why doesn't the border situation make the news practically every night based on this new polling out from Gallup? We can tell you all about that and what's happening at the border right now next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the many stories that we've been complaining for a long time that corporate media doesn't cover is the border. And this one's kind of extra odd in that vast majority of Americans, including a majority of Democrats, think it's a big deal. The southern border, the illegal immigration situation, the fact that we have the most porous border of any you know first world country in the world. Here are the latest Gallup numbers on that. For overall for adults, 39% of U.S. adults, well, I'll read the question from Gallup. Do you personally consider the situation at the U.S. border with Mexico to be a crisis, a major problem, a minor problem, or not a problem for the United States? 39% say a crisis, 33% say a major problem. So that adds Holy up to cow. 72%. Almost three-quarters of Americans say it's a major problem or a crisis, and it doesn't make the news on a regular basis? Only if you can try to paint Greg Abbott as a racist does it make the news, which we're about to get into that story 
Uh, I think that points out how the uh, the liberal media is not like mainstream Democrat liberal. They are way left liberal. Yeah, and so surrounded by their friends who think the same way that they miss out on these stories. So for Democrats, just to give you an idea, it's 17 crisis, 39 major problem, which adds up to 56. So f- solid majority of Democrats, major problem or crisis, and mm-hmm. what? It doesn't make the news. Anyway, there you go. ABC News uh, actually paid attention to the border somewhat. I'm curious to hear the tone of this story about the new floating barriers uh, in Texas. Clip 55, please, Michael. The Department of Justice following through with their threat to sue the state of Texas for installing this 1,000-foot buoy barrier to deter migrants from crossing. The lawsuit claiming Texas flouted federal law when it did not seek authorization from the Army Corps of Engineers prior to installing the floating barrier and demanding it be removed from the Rio Grande River. Texas Governor Greg Abbott refusing to remove the barrier, arguing in a letter sent to President Biden, the state has the constitutional right and sovereign interest in protecting its borders. That was Maria Villarreal for ABC. I've long been amused by how, if it's a story about the Mexican border, they got to send a Hispanic person. If it's a story about Chinatown, it's going to be an Asian. And if there's, uh, you know, a rampant immigration from Canada, they'll send some guy up to northern Minnesota saying, oh, we are out to stop this crisis. You know, come on. If it's childish. the Westminster Dog Show, you have a shit zoo there and a blazer and a nice hat. Um, wow. uh, but the, see, that was my point right there. So ABC News does do a story about the border, but it's all to make uh, Texas and Governor Abbott look like there's some sort of horrifying racist by doing something about it. You know, her tone, her language there refuses to take down the border. Hey, ABC News, how about you throw in that? Hey, nearly three quarters of Americans think this is a major problem or a crisis, including a solid more, uh, majority of Democrats, and something needs to be done. You uh, well, throw that I used- in. Stole the words out of my mouth. Obviously, you've got a huge percentage of America believing something ought to be done. This is something. So is it good or not? No, it's just uh, repeating the party line. But anyway, KJP, speaking of the party line, jabbered uh, at us from the White House, as she so often does. Clip 50, Michael. The one person that is sowing chaos is Governor Abbott. That's what he continues to do, political stunts in an inhumane way. Uh, he's actively undermining our border enforcement plan, which, again, has the lowest level of unlawful border crossings in over two years. He's making this more difficult. And so he's not operating in good faith here. Yeah, it's a stunt to want to control the border. The only person sowing chaos is Governor Abbott. They mentioned Man. in that story, I think it was that one or one of the other stories I saw on this, that uh, the barrier is in the part of the river that's easiest to cross, forcing migrants to cross in more dangerous waters where many have been killed. Yeah, you would put the barrier where <laughs> most people are crossing, if you're going to put it anywhere, and forcing them to cross in the most dangerous part? You don't have to sneak into the country. You could choose not to. Wow, well deconstructed, sir. I salute you. Governor Abbott speaking up for himself, damn it, clip 51. Well, it tells you all you need to know about the Biden administration that the only lawsuit that I'm aware of that they have brought against anybody concerning the border is against a state that's trying to impede illegal immigration rather than using any laws that are on the books already to stop illegal immigrants from crossing the border. Right. We have laws about this. We just don't enforce them. 
Yeah, how about one more from the good governor, 54? A lawsuit was filed uh, in federal court in the state of Texas. We will litigate it initially in a federal district court in the state of Texas. Uh, if we lose there, we will be going to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and eventually all the way to the United States Supreme Court because Texas is defending its sovereignty and its constitutional right to secure the border of our state and our country. I feel like this is where I could take a piece of tape recording from any of the last million times we talked about this and plug it in and save myself the breath. But repeating again, you would think when you got an issue that three quarters of Americans really care about, if one party's not doing something about it, the other party would. But the Republicans don't make as big a deal about this as they could, given the polling and why. It's got to be big business needs the labor. It's got to be. Yeah. And big agriculture. Right. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely true, and both sides of the aisle know, speaking of things that could be on a loop. In fact, Michael, I have so few original thoughts. Why don't I just stay after work today, and you can record the three or four things I ever say. <laughs> Maybe I'll take a week off. Um, anyway, uh, both sides are acutely aware and talk about all the time. Given the birth rates of Americans, we need desperately to import young workers, particularly from parts of the world where they're still having babies, to prop up Social Security and, and Medicare. The numbers don't work going forward unless we import lots and lots of young workers. And you don't think you could just make that argument to people and say this is why we need to allow an orderly, legal process that allows this many million people in? No, as opposed I think to having people come across and drown and and uh, and 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 pretend you're trying to stop them and all that sort of stuff. Well, your point is an excellent one. Uh, I just think the the next step, though, would be people saying, "Well, hang on a second. Importing millions of people from different cultures changes our country fundamentally. Do we need ever growing economies? Do we need an ever growing population? Why don't we just manage the decline of population?" Well, the the government types would say, look, uh, our entire careers are based on this completely fake math that assures you you will get Social Security and Medicare in your old age. It doesn't even pay for itself now. It doesn't come close to paying for itself now. If we did what you're talking about, the entire system would collapse immediately. Well, Kevin Williamson now of the dispatches argument has always been, we're importing millions of poor people. We have enough poor people, which is not a bad argument. I would love to hear this argument made in public, but you're not going to hear it for the reasons I, I think I've explained. Right. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, for the first time in more than a half decade, Phoenix topped 110 degrees or more 25 consecutive days. The whole month of July so far, overnight lows have not dipped below 90 in more than two weeks. Parts of southern, central, and northern California, well, they too have been sweating it out with people searching for ways to keep cool. This past weekend, temperatures in Los Angeles's Antelope Valley reached up to 105 degrees. Officials say stay indoors if you can. If you have to work outdoors in the extreme elements, try and stay in the shade, take plenty of breaks, and be sure to stay hydrated. Oh, my God. Seriously, squirrels know that. <sighs> oh. 
have we how have we managed to evolve and stay on planet earth and get to this point where somebody goes on tv or radio or whatever and says if you're working outside try to stay in the shade again apes dogs ants ants know that if you don't know that you're dumb as an ant (laughs) dumber wow i just can't even (laughs) he's been rendered speechless folks i really have been anywho uh i saw something about uh various baseball games where it's super dang hot haven't canceled any games because of heat I wouldn't think so. But uh, you got uh, some places where uh, fans are having trouble sitting in the sunny part of the stadium. Oh, it's, you know, yeah. a buck 15 or whatever. Uh, the reason I mentioned baseball is we're about a dozen way, days away from uh, one baseball player probably going to sign the biggest sports contract in the history of all sports in the United States of America, possibly the world. Wow. With Shohei Otani of the uh, Angels, California Angels. Because they're probably not in line to make the playoffs and can trade him for a whole bunch of players that make them competitive all of a sudden because he's such a great player. Maybe the greatest player of all time. This article here says here he could end up being the greatest player of all time. That's quite a statement, but mm. um, anyway, they're going to trade him to somebody like the Yankees or the San Francisco Giants or somebody, and he's worth gazillions of dollars. And that'll just be kind of interesting to see how high the number can go. Yeah, wow. One of the best pitchers in the game and probably the best hitter in the game. Same right. dude. Right. And he has that whole international appeal thing. Oh, that right. That, depending on your team, has a lot of value. Well, into the league as a whole. Right. So it, it could be just astronomical number. You remember when back in this many, many years ago when uh, Aaron Rodriguez signed that Texas Rangers deal? Was George W. Bush behind that? Don't remember. Anyway, he signed like a 20-year, at that time, astronomical number, $200 million or something like that. This is going to be larger than that by a lot. Um, and still, teachers only make $75,000 a year, so well, I just don't know thank much. thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I throw stuff like that in there. I don't know. I just get a kick out of it, I guess. Um, what was one more thing I wanted to mention? Oh, the IRS announcing yesterday it's going to stop doing unannounced in-person visits to taxpayers. I didn't know that they did this on a regular basis, but this has been a long-time practice of the IRS. If you're not paying your taxes, and they're going to get they just show up unannounced, knock on your door. Sometimes they don't knock on your door. I have a friend whose dad was in business with a guy who was not doing the right thing with taxes, unbeknownst to him, and they just... Uh, cut the locks off the doors with big bolt mm. cutters and came in the office. Change yeah. the locks and say, you get out. And they start rifling through your files and whatnot. But anyway, they're not going to do that anymore. Citing security concerns and taxpayer confusion because of scam artists showing up and saying, I'm from the IRS. It's part of a 10-year modernization plan focused on cracking down on tax evasion and improving customer service. Yeah, knocking down my door is not great customer service. Well, yeah, I don't know. How did that ever work? How did that? How did they get around the whole? Did they have to get a warrant for that? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know precisely how it works, but I remember our, our old friend Steve, the tax attorney, talking about how you just show up and there's padlocks on your doors and in your business. Or How often did they get the wrong person? 
twice. I don't know. <laughs> I would think the IRS would be pretty meticulous about that. I mean, if they show up to bust a bakery and it's a clothing store, you'd think they'd notice. But I don't know. And security concerns for them, for the for the, the IRS people, because, you know, if somebody is banging on my doorknob. On your outside, doorknob? That'd be a very weird thing to do. Well, or are they, like, busting it off or something? going to cut the lock off or whatever. Uh, I was picturing somebody knocking on the doorknob. That's, you know, that's not how you do it. You know, I'd get a little bit of a who's out there. Maybe I get my gun sort of situation going. Sure. Yeah. Unless you're Hunter Biden. Then they call you and tip you off a day in advance. Come on. Right. And then some Hollywood mogul comes forward and pays your past tax bill and you're off the hook. Right. Exactly. No worries. No. Come on, man. So complete change of topic here. Uh, Do you know what review bombing is? It's when you decide you don't like something, so you and a bunch of your buddies get together and do terrible reviews over it to sabotage it. Uh, And question number two, do you ever use Goodreads to find uh, the books you want to read? Well, don't anymore because they have this huge review bombing problem that I was reading about in the New York Times, and it is so absurd. It is so everything that is the 21st century. I use use Goodreads all the time. Oh, you got to stop. You need to stop immediately. God, what damage have you already done? So they have a bunch of different uh, individual stories, but uh, they do you lead... ever do you ever review anything? I don't think I ever have reviewed anything. I should, oh, but I just never man. do. A handful of times in my life, almost never. Like I stayed at this um, rental bed and breakfast. I don't know what it was, VRBO, whatever that thing is, a while mm-hmm. back, and they kept wanting me to review it, and I had a great time. Really, it was really really nice. I just never got around to it. I just never made oh, it to my what? list of things to review. That is the one thing I will review is like Airbnbs mm-hmm. for whatever reason, because I rely on them. So I feel like maybe I ought to help out. And and often these people have not been doing it for a long time. So they have like five reviews. But yeah, other than that, practically but nothing. How about the people in good for you? I guess you're helpful to me. But the people that will read a book or stay at a hotel or do whatever and write, you know, a thousand word. Oh, yeah. Dissertation on. The goodness or badness of the place is just like, do you have more time than me or care more than me or what? Well, not only that, give me a handful of, give me the stars and give me four or five sentences. That's plenty. <laughs> Nobody wants to know what you think about the rest yeah, of just do, Write uh, one star, sucko. That's good enough for me. That's all I need. <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of that sort of thing, uh, they opened this article with this Cecilia Rabess, who figured her debut novel, uh, everything's fine would uh, spark criticism. She knew that S- story centers on a young black woman working at Goldman Sachs who falls in love with a conservative white coworker with bigoted views. That's going to be she, a complicated relationship. Well, she knew it would be a controversial book, but she didn't expect the backlash to strike six months before the book was published. In January, after a Goodreads user had received an advanced copy posted a plot summary that went viral on Twitter, the review site was flooded with negative comments and one-star reviews, with many calling the book anti-black and racist. Some of the comments were left by users who said they had never read the book but objected to its premise. <laughs> if you review a book you have not read in strong terms, you should not be reading or yeah. something. You're an yeah. idiot. Yeah. 
Uh, established authors have also been subjected to review bombing campaigns. Earlier this month, Elizabeth Gilbert, the best-selling writer of Eat, Pray, Love, received hundreds of negative ratings on Goodreads for her forthcoming novel, The Snow Forest, which is set in Siberia in the mid-20th century. In her case, reviewers weren't attacking the book itself or even the premise, which was a Russian family seeking refuge from Soviet oppression in the wilderness. Critics objected to the fact that Gilbert had set the book in Russia while Russia is waging war on Ukraine and lambasted Gilbert as is insensitive to the plight of Ukrainians. God, can, can I get a list of these people so I know to stay away from them from the rest of my life? You think you're annoyed. Here's the annoying part. <laughs> eat, pray, love. When I eat, I'm too full to pray, certainly to love. Gilbert's response stunned the literary world. She swiftly responded to critics and announced that she was postponing her book, which was slated for publication in February. They hadn't even printed advance review copies yet. The book didn't really exist yet, but she backed down. Great. Encourage the crowd. Yeah, and there are a couple more examples of authors who withheld their books or just delayed them or whatever. Um, Goodreads is trying to crack down on that sort of thing, but unlike Amazon, uh, uh, book reviews indicate whether someone or not has purchased a book or not. And Amazon typically does not allow reviews to be posted for books that haven't come out yet, with very rare exceptions, if you got a review copy, for instance. Well, okay. If you've read it, that's fine. Um, wow. What is wrong with y'all, those of you who are like this? <laughs> I know. You busybody, pain-in-the-ass, self-righteous little prigs. George R.R. R. Martin's long-awaited The Winds of Winter. I'm sorry, that's right. I usually pronounce his name. George R.R. R. 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 Martin. His long-awaited The Winds of Winter. Ooh. The next installment of his Song of Ice and Fire, which launched, of course, Game of Thrones. It doesn't even have an official release date yet. doesn't exist. But it's amassed more than 10,800 ratings and some 500 reviews on Goodreads. How the hell do you review a book you haven't read? You get grasp onto an idea or two you heard is in it and express how that is completely politically incorrect. And I am offended and I can't believe they would publish this. And look at me. You can see how righteous I am because I'm complaining about stuff. Oh, you people. I like the world a hell of a lot better (laughs) when you didn't have any platform or voice. The world was better then. Yeah. Yeah. I blame the Internet. Oh, that's annoying. Oh, yeah, I know. You all, you, some of you all, like a certain percentage of, of y'all, ruin everything. <laughs> you just ruin everything. And I hate you. And we hate you. That's right. We all hate you. <laughs> I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. That is what we're right. going to do. That is our vow. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In case you haven't heard this, for a long time, the answer was this. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. They said that over and over again. Now the answer is this. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. It's so particularly funny that she doubles down on the the answer is the same. It is never going to change. Now I'm going to give you a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> I've answered this a million times. The answer remains the same. He's not listed officially in the uh, the board of directors. <laughs> He's no longer in business with his son. I really hope New York po- uh, Times, not the New York Post, they do it all the time. New York Times, Washington Post, some of those other media follow up on that today. We'll see. I've been asked this over and over again. The answer remains the same. He was able to hide the money that flowed in from Hunter. It's millions of dollars, by the way. But, yeah, he was able to hide it. Unreal. So how does that family business work? Now, this is an account of Hunter Biden's dealings in Delaware. And while I don't know that none of this is illegal, uh, we're bringing this to you mostly because it's just interesting and, and revealing about the way a powerful political family operates. The Delaware News Journal 
ran a series of three stories that uh, the USA Today is reprinting, um, and they they mention the laptop and all the scrutiny on Hunter Biden's foreign business deals. But then they write, until now, little attention has been paid to Hunter Biden's dealings in Delaware. But the emails show how Hunter Biden served as a broker for several companies seeking incentives locally, connecting them with officials from the state and from the University of Delaware, specifically green tech companies post-economic downturn. Uh, for at least one other company, the now defunct electric car maker Fisker Automotive, Hunter Biden's own firm was an early investor. Uh, for others, including Bloom Energy, Hunter Biden possessed early knowledge of the company and its people, even as there's no direct evidence in the emails that he played roles in their deals with the state. Um, but they go into a good deal of detail about how often he was the broker between, say, a little-known alternative energy company and the government of Delaware that was looking to hand out big dollars and incentives and that sort of thing. Um in uh, all the emails indicate that Hunter Biden and his investment and advisory firm, Rosemont Seneca Partners, had links to the companies and business figures involved in several of Delaware's most ambitious economic development efforts in past years. Some of those same business figures also served as political donors to the Bidens. Um, given the prominence of the Biden name in Delaware, the revelation sparked questions whether state officials within the administration of the then governor favored companies linked to Hunter Biden. They quote a uh, professor of government contracts law at George Washington University. While ugly, these deals don't appear to be violations of the law. Still, they do carry the appearance of favoritism. Well, how about this? This is what Hunter said a couple of years ago in an interview. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I mean, I know this is a different company, but. He has said in the past that he wouldn't be on the board of things if his last name wasn't Biden. That seems right. like an admission. And so this uh, this uh, professor says, most people in politics that care about ethics take pains to avoid this situation. But Hunter Biden doesn't seem like most people. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. Anyway, uh, the emails, writes this Delaware publication, highlight examples of cozy relationships among Delaware power brokers during a period of prolific subsidy efforts, a manner of business that critics of the so-called Delaware way have long complained as guided state policy. Uh, for Hunter Biden, state officials appeared eager to prioritize his clients' projects according to his emails. They got examples of pulling out all the stops for one of his companies, a couple of his phony green energy companies, as they considered locating in Delaware. And the list goes on and on about how the state rolled out the welcome mat and then wrote big, giant checks if Hunter Biden was involved in these companies. He's got to be one of the more successful, at least for a time, crackheads in history. I would say, yeah, he's got to be in the top five, right? On the... Mount Rushmore of crackheads. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Speaking of destroyer of worlds, now final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. I like it. A little Barbenheimer clip. The, here's a little over the top. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Michelangelo, our technical director, lead us off, Michael. You know what? I, can, I think I'm going to start going to the movies again. I like this new Run P app. I needed that because I would never go to the theaters because I would miss stuff when I have to use the restroom. So I'm going to try it out. There you go. The app tells you when's the best time to go pee during a movie. Yep. 
That's choice three. Choice one, manage your fluid intake. Choice two, an adult diaper. Come on, everybody. Katie wow. Green's our esteemed newswoman. Katie, a final thought? You guys played at Toto's Africa earlier. I like this song, but Jack, uh, Steve Lukather, the guitarist from Toto, said, if this is a hit, I'll run naked down Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and then he said, in regards to what, when it was being written, he said, what the F were you writing about? I blessed the rains down in Africa. What are you, Jesus? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's beautiful. Jack, a final thought for us? So I mentioned the town I live in is uh, hiring garbage police to go around and look in your cans and see if you're separating your recyclables and stuff. Somebody texted, the, yeah, where they live, they have garbage police. They've had them for years. They look like an inspector gadget. They walk around with a clipboard and actually lift up the lids and look into your garbage and start poking around. Wow. Good work if you can get it, especially in the summertime. My final thought is I hadn't weighed myself for several days, been out of town. I uh, did this morning. Good God. If I'm being fattened up for the slaughter, it's going to be today. So thanks. It's been a great run, everybody. Wow. I'm going to be in a bush shot this afternoon. Wait. Wow. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot links are there. They're fabulous. Click around. Uh, grab some A&G swag, a T-shirt, a hat, the sports bra, as endorsed by my daughter. Cool. And uh, Trump is going to get indicted any moment. Oh, boy. So that might be the story tomorrow. We'll have the news, oh. whatever it is. Yeah, and if uh, you want to drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. It's simple. They love each other. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. It is what it is. Yeah. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Are you sh- don't you think that's a little odd? Yo. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? So I haven't said a word, so stop yelling at me. When it comes on for you to go, you have to go. I said bye. Oh. And that's it. Oh. And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.